Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. We've been looking at the parable of the sower. And in the parable of the sower, Jesus tells us of a sower who went to sow seed, and he sowed seed, which is the Word of God, on four different types of soil, four different types of hearts. And we've looked at those hearts. We've looked at the darkened heart, that is the heart that's on the wayside, where Satan does not allow them to see the truth until they can't comprehend it. We've looked at the shallow heart, where there's an enthusiastic embracing of Jesus for the moment in his words, but... When the trials of life, when suffering comes, when persecution comes, they give it up and they go their own way. And we've also seen the divided heart where there was the word was sown into a life and the thorns of life, that is the worry of life and the riches of life, choke that out and there's no fruit in that person's life. We've seen those three types of soils. But now we're going to get to the final soil, which is the good soil, the good heart where the seed is sown and it brings forth fruit in a person's life. And hopefully that is true of each and every one of you here today. That as God's Word is sown in your heart, it's going to bring forth spiritual fruit from your life. It's going to bring forth a character that is Christ-like in your life. Because God's Word is being applied to your life. And so we're going to look at that today. We're going to look at John 15 in particular, but I want you to go back to Matthew chapter 13 for a moment and talk about what Jesus says about true disciples from this issue of the good soil. You don't need to turn there. I'll just read it to you. It's just one verse. Verse 23. Notice what he says. But he who receives seed on good ground is he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some hundredfold, some sixtyfold, and some thirtyfold. I want you to see this about true disciples. And this is something that you can expect your life about. True disciples. First thing I want you to see is this. They hear and apply Jesus' words. The issue of your heart and where you are spiritually, and whether you're a true disciple of Jesus Christ, whether you truly believe in Him, is when you hear His words, or you read His word, is that you then turn around and apply what He says to you, to your life. That's the issue. Notice what He says there, verse, verse 23, He says, But he who receives the seed on good ground, he hears and understands it, and then he bears fruit. See, you're going to bear fruit in your life because you apply the things that Jesus tells you that you need to do. So, for instance, let me give you an example. Every Sunday I get up here, I speak, or maybe we'll have a guest speaker and they speak, and as I proclaim the Word of God to you, I've noticed this over the, over the 15 years of speaking now and pastoring, I've noticed that people, the Spirit of God will take what I say as I bring forth His Word and He will speak to you in a way 
and speak in a way that somebody else is just across in a different way. Because he's speaking to them and wanting them to grasp something from that word to apply to their life in particular. And you've noticed that. God will speak to you. I remember one time some guy told me, God told me to do this from your message. I said, I didn't even talk about that. The issue is applying what God told you to do. And when you apply it to your life, listen, you'll see spiritual fruit come out of your life. You say, well, man, what's what spiritual fruit, George? You know, for years I heard spiritual fruit was people getting saved, people coming to know Christ. That is a fruit, but that's not spiritual fruit. Paul tells us in Galatians, what is spiritual fruit? Love, joy, peace, character. Becoming like Jesus, that's spiritual fruit. Becoming like the one who saved you. And so when you look at your life, as you apply your, the word to your life, it's going to bring forth fruit in your life. Joy, peace, kindness, gentleness, love. Those are the issues of spiritual fruit in your lives. And so true disciples, they're going to hear the word and they're going to apply it to their life. My question is for you then, are you applying what he tells you? When you're reading the Word, when you're listening to the radio, and the Spirit of God is speaking to you, are you applying? That tells you where you're at. That tells you the condition of your heart. And so I want you to see now, also he tells us about this. Fruit varies with each true disciple. Fruit varies with each true disciple. Notice what he says there. Some, what, hundredfold. Some sixty. Some thirty. You know, it would be easy for me as a pastor if everybody matured at the same rate. Wouldn't that be easy for you as a parent? If all of your kids, all of them were the same and matured at the same rate. Wouldn't it have been easy? Boy, it would have been a whole lot easier. But you know that's not the way it is, isn't it? Why? Because every person is what? Unique. And every person has their own gifts. Every person has their own personality. Every person grows at their own rate, doesn't it? And this is what Jesus is saying about disciples. For me as a pastor, I can't expect everyone here to grow at the same rate. And so to expect everyone to produce fruit in their life at the same rate. Why? Because true disciples are going to what? Vary in how much fruit they produce in their lives. And see, that's the thing. So, listen, some of you here are defeated because you're looking and you're saying, Oh man, God can't love me because I'm not like him or I'm not like her. Because I haven't grown like they have. Listen, you're totally missing it. You need to get out of your pity party. Because you're going to grow at your rate. And they're going to grow at their rate. The key thing is, are you applying His Word? That's what a true disciple is. You're going to produce in your life at different rates. It varies. Fruit varies in each individual life. Fruit varies. And so we need to see that. Now we get to John 15. Now why am I talking, taking you to John 15? Because all of us here should be producing fruit in our lives. Spiritual fruit. Spiritual character. All of you should be progressing in your life. If your heart is right, if you've got a good heart, 
All of you should be moving to the place where you're becoming more and more like Jesus. Because notice, when we talked about that spiritual fruit of love, joy, peace, gentleness, kindness, all of those things that we're talking about there, all of those are reflective of who? Jesus. And our goal is to, not how much brain power we have and how much intellect we have, our goal is not how much stuff we know, but rather how much we're like Jesus. And so that's my point. If, if we're going to produce the fruit that he says about true disciples, you and I need to know how it happens. So then we come to John chapter 15. And so I want you to notice with me, verses 1 to 8, very familiar passage. Listen to what Jesus says. These are the words of Jesus to his disciples in the upper room. He says this, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Let's look at a couple things here. First thing, I want you to notice the reality of fruit bearing. The reality of fruit bearing. Here's what I want you to see. The first thing I want you to see is this. God is directly involved in our lives. If you're here and the Word is sown into a good heart and you have trusted in Jesus Christ, the thing that you need to realize is this, is that God is directly involved in your life. Notice what Jesus says. He's using a metaphor here. He's using an illustration of a grapevine. And right now, you know, yesterday we were at someone's home and they have a grape arbor and all the the Concord grapes were there and I noticed how big the vine was and out of it came the branches and, you know, with with the fruit that was there waiting to be picked. And you and I, we see that this is the time of the year for it, isn't it? And that's the illustration that he's giving here to us. And here's what he says. He says, I am the vine. I am that that shoot that comes out of the ground that the branches come off of that Jesus says I'm the vine and my father he's the husbandman who's that he's the gardener he's the one who prunes he's the one who picks the fruit What is that? It's a picture of you and I needing to realize that when it comes to our life as we are the branches that God is directly involved in your life. Do you realize that? God is directly involved in your life. Nothing happens in your life that He's not aware of. So, for instance, if you're, just think for a moment, won't you picture that grape barber in your mind? Let's say you're a branch and off of that branch you've got some fruit, you've got some grapes that are coming. 
you know, and the sun comes out. Do you think the gardener doesn't know the sun's out? Do you think the gardener doesn't know when the frost hits? Do you think the gardener doesn't know when it's raining and when it's not raining? And when the plant needs water and maybe waters it? Why? Because the gardener is involved in the life of that plant. He's directly involved in the life of that plant because he wants to see that plant, what? Produce fruit. And so that's the first thing I want you and I to understand. is It's a freeing thing for some of you because some of you think that God is not involved in your life, that God is far from you, that, that God doesn't really know what's going on, and I'm telling you, you're wrong. He does know. And He's directly involved in your life, and you and I need to grasp that point. And so we see there that, that God is directly involved. Now, here's the other thing I want you to see. Here's the problem now. Look with me at verse 2 and verse 6. Notice what he says. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Look at verse 6. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast off as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. Now, here's the point. If we're going to talk about the reality of fruit bearing, we need to grasp this reality, and this is the reality. The absence of fruit points to judgment. The absence of fruit. We say, well, wait a minute now. If they're a branch and they're coming off of Jesus, well, that must mean they're a Christian. No, listen, he's talking to a group of people. He's talking to the disciples up in the upper room. One of the disciples that night would what? Betray him. Was he part of them? No. This is not talking about believers here. This is talking about somebody who professes to be a believer. Someone who says that they're a Christian. Someone who says they got saved, but their life doesn't what? Show forth any fruit. What's he saying here? Because there is no fruit, what happens to them? Judgment. That's a reality here. See, don't, don't listen to people saying, well, I'm a Christian, but then they go on and live a certain way and live like, like everybody else and say, oh man, well, okay, because they told me they're a Christian. No, no, it's not your profession. It's your confession. What do you mean confession? It's how you live your life that expresses the reality of what's inside. That's what you and I need to see there. And so the absence of fruit points to judgment. But here's another reality. And this is the one that's most difficult for us to understand. And that's this. God uses difficulty to produce fruit. God uses difficulty to produce fruit. Look at verse 2. Notice what he says. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. That's the reality. Some of you here have fruit trees. Some of you have vines and so forth, and you know that every once in a while, you've got to prune that tree. You've got to prune those fruit-bearing plants. Why? So that they what? Bear fruit in the next season. More fruit. Now, you think that that's not, if you're going to be eco for a moment, if you think, isn't that painful to the plant? If they have feelings? You know? Got to chop something off? Got to cut something off? Snip here, snip there. Hack here. You know, I remember. I remember. I I used to work for my father and on the Christmas tree field, and, and every summer we'd have to go out and shear the trees, prune them. Why? 
so that they would have that beautiful Christmas tree shape. If they just don't grow that way, okay, they got to be molded into that way. And listen, that's what God does in our lives. He allows difficulty, listen to me, because this is so hard for us to understand, He allows the troubles and trials and the suffering of life to come into our life and He uses that, listen to me, He uses it to produce more fruit in your life. And again, what did I say about fruit? It's character. To allow you to become more like Jesus. That is the reality of fruit bearing. That is the reality. God directly involved allowing and using the difficulties I go through to what? Produce fruit in my life. Produce fruit in my life. And that's something you and I need to grasp. Now here's the outcome. Oh, wait, but there's one more. Here's what I want you to see before I get to the outcome. Fruit results from our fellowship with Jesus. I want you to notice a couple of things here. Look with me at verse 3, 4, and 5. Listen to what he says there. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Here's what he's saying. If you're going to produce fruit in your life, you've got to have someone giving you, there's got to be a source in your life to produce that fruit. What's that source? Jesus. So for instance, when you think about that grape barter, and there's that, that big branch, and then out of that comes all the branches, and they produce the grapes. Was it the branch that produced the grapes? No. Where did, where did, where did the nutrients and, and the moisture and all of that come for the fruit? Where did that come from? The branch. What did Jesus say? I am the vine. I'm the branch. I'm the one. And so what is he saying here? You can't produce fruit in your life unless you have what? Fellowship with Jesus. It can't happen. It's not possible. See, here's the thing. You can't just go through life and expect to change and become more like Jesus without Jesus producing it in your life. And that's the reality That is the reality of fruit bearing that you and I need to grasp. Now, I want you to notice the outcome. Here's what happens. You say, okay, why is this so important? Why is this so important that you and I bear fruit, George? What's the big deal? I'm saved. I'm okay. What's the big deal, George? Why? I want you to notice what he says here. A couple of things. Look with me at verse 7 and 8. And you're going to see some things here. Notice what he says. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you. You will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. First thing I want you to see is this. Here's the outcome. We will see answered prayer. We will see answered prayer. That's reality. A lot of us struggle with that, don't we? We pray, we don't see God answering our prayers. But here's the thing, I want you to see, prayer that is answered comes out of a relationship. You may want to write that down. Prayer that is answered comes out of a relationship. You say, what do you mean by that, George? Well, let me give you an illustration. 
I've been married to Lori now 15 years. And I've noticed that in my 15 years, I'm changing. At least I think I'm changing. Don't ask her, but I think I'm changing. Okay? I've noticed that in my 15 years, I'm changing. And here, when I first got married, I'm going to be honest with you, I was selfish. Why? Because you've got two single people coming together. Two selfish single people coming together, becoming one. You, you think about it. When you first got married, you were probably selfish. And, and you, you, you existed with the concept in your mind that the other person is there for who? You. Now, I've noticed that as I'm growing in my love and, and, I, and uh, to this wonderful woman, this wonderful lady, as I'm growing in my relationship with her, she doesn't believe me, but uh, as I'm growing... Here's what I'm finding. I'm changing. Here's what's changing because as I'm in that relationship with her, the things that I desire, yeah, there are some selfish things, but I'm finding that more and more now that the desires I have are are more for both of us together or for our family. You see what I'm saying? What I desire, what I'm seeking is changing because of the relationship. And see, this is what Jesus is saying here. Jesus is saying, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you will and it will be given to you. Your prayers will be answered. Why? Because if you're abiding with Him, you're growing in that relationship with Him, you're not just going to be selfish anymore about what you want. Oh God, give me a truck. Cherry red, big wheels, big sound. No, he's not. that's selfish, isn't it? Some of you are saying, just give me a car. That doesn't guzzle gas. Okay? You know what I'm saying? So, here's what I'm saying. Your desires are going to change because you know, as you're relating to Jesus in a relationship and as fellowship, what you're now desiring in prayer is what He wants now too. And He said this, I'll answer that prayer. See, that's the outcome. As I'm abiding in Him and I'm bearing fruit in my life, Jesus is going to answer my prayers because what I'm wanting is in tune with what He wants. Do you understand what I'm saying? And that only comes... Listen, I'm going to be honest with you. Go back to the illustration. Listen, Lori will tell you, I'm just downright selfish. So was she. She won't tell you that, but I will. Okay? And what we, you know, and and all this stuff, but when we start coming together and growing together, and it comes with time. Listen, some of you grandparents, you know what I'm talking about. You find now that your desires are more for what the relationships in your life than you. Now, of course, we're human, right? You still got the selfish ones. But the reality is, is that that's the thing. You've got to recognize that relationship and the importance of it, and you find that you're going to be asking more with what God wants for your life. And so we will see answered prayer. The other thing I want you to see is this. God will be glorified in our lives. God will be glorified in our lives. That's what I want you to see there. God will be glorified in our lives. That's the point I want you to recognize there, is that when I begin to produce fruit, and I begin to see answered prayer, and I begin to become more like Jesus, I'm beginning to exhibit love, joy, peace, gentleness, kindness, the fruits of the Spirit. Guess who gets the credit? God. He gets the credit. He gets glorified. 
Listen, some of you here, I mean, we talked about spouses for a moment. And we talked about Lori and I in 15 years, in the early years. Here, Here's the thing. When you first get married, some of you have been married, you know what I'm talking about, so I'll go ahead and say this. You try to change that other person. Ever tried that? How many of you tried that? Let's be honest. You try to change that other person. After a while, you realize what? You can't change them. So let me give you something to help you with. You need to pray that God changes them. And you need to pray that if they're a believer, that they begin to produce the fruit of the Spirit in their life. Now, who's responsible for that? God. And when you see them change, who gets the glory and the credit? Was it your nagging? No. Your cold shoulder? No. It was what? God. He's glorified. He's glorified. And so, my friends, God will be glorified in our lives as we bear that fruit. Now, the question is, are you bearing fruit? Let me give you three things to think about in closing here. Number one, what is the condition of your heart? What's the condition of your heart? Be honest about that. We've talked about a lot of hearts here in the last few weeks. We've talked about the the darkened heart that doesn't even see it. We've talked about that shallow heart that's enthusiastic for the moment, but when, boom, when there's a problem, they're like, man, why is this happening to me? God must not love me. I'm out of here. And then you talk about the heart that's divided, that's that's wrapped up in worry. Worry, worry, worry. Worried about stuff and, and wrapped up in riches, riches, riches. And all of that, what? Distracting from what God wants. But maybe you're here today, and this is my hope, maybe you're here today and the condition of your heart is a good heart. Your heart's right. You want what Jesus wants for your life. What is the condition of your heart? Here's the thing. You've got to ask yourself the question then. Are you applying? Because here's what it is. If your heart's good, the question now is, are you applying His Word to your life? It's not an option. It's not an option. Are you applying what Jesus is telling you to your life? When you're reading His Word, when you're reading the daily bread, when you're listening to Christian radio, when you're listening to a message, when you're listening to some sort of lesson, if God is speaking to you through any of those avenues, are you doing what He's telling you to do? That reveals the condition of your heart. And really, I'm going to be honest with you, that's going to determine whether or not you're going to have fruit in your life because fruit only comes by what? Applying what you know to your life. That's what happens. And then finally, here's the thing. Allow Jesus to produce fruit in your life. Listen, I'm going to be honest with you. Here's the desire of God. Here's the heart of God for each and every one of you here. For myself and for each and every one of you. God wants you to become like Jesus. He knows that you can't do it on your own. But He will allow you to come to that place as you allow Him to do it through you. Do you understand what I'm saying? He will allow you to have peace in the midst of trouble. 
He will allow you to have joy in the midst of suffering. He will allow you to be kind. He will allow you gentleness. He will bring forth that fruit in your life. You will become more like Jesus because you've allowed Jesus to work through you. That's the question. Are you allowing Him to do that? Allow Him to do that. Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.